to Adventureland to Hollywoodland. Join me with your host, Ciro and Andrew. going to talk about the Disneyland reopening. So Disneyland officially on 30th Friday and Ciro actually had a chance to visit Disneyland and was it for the um, cast member previews? Is that right? You went? Yes. I went on the second day of cast member previews. Yes. So so in Southern California, and I, Andrew, I live in Georgia, so I, of course, haven't traveled over to California yet, but I'm thinking about it maybe sometime this year, so I was thinking Ciro could just share what it was like going to the opening of Disneyland, what are the COVID precautions like, you know, what, what, what has changed since Disneyland closed in March, um, I was actually at Disneyland on the last day they were open in March, so I'm sure a lot has changed since then. So, Sarah, just take it off. What What was your experience like? Uh, well, I'd say I overall there, I had a, an amazing experience. Got to say hi to so many friends, um, as well as cast members, characters, even um, all socially distanced, of course what I feel was interesting was like how much attention to detail was like noted for safety. Like that's one of the first things I noticed walking from the parking structure. And I say walking from the parking structure because now there is no trams at the moment. So from the get go, you immediately notice the change of you having to walk from the parking structure to the main esplanade, which was, not a bad walk at all. It's no different than just walking through downtown Disney. So that was interesting. And you go through your temperature screenings and all your COVID related things prior to going through security checks and then prior to the gates. So once you're in, you're in the resort, which made things fairly simple. Um, and that definitely makes things easier from bouncing from park to park or even through downtown Disney. Um, and I would say that like it was so nice seeing like the turnstiles moving again like obviously downtown disney has been open probably almost a year now so that aspect of it hasn't really changed much or we've already seen those changes but once you go through those gates it it, it was like you could feel that energy again like going through the parks which was very nice and that's pretty cool did you did did you how many times do you think you went to downtown disney between the reopening and reopening of disneyland uh i went to downtown disney just to downtown disney probably three or four times um and then once buena vista street opened i probably went another two to three times um which was an interesting experience just going through buena vista street without actually 
riding any rides or anything. It was just basically like, I don't want to say it like this, but like a glorified shopping center. But it, it was nice to like still kind of set your foot through the door kind of thing, if that makes sense. Like to kind of still experience a little bit of, of it. Right. So what was the, so when you went to Disneyland, what was the first thing you did when you went through the gates? The first thing I did was just honestly, just take it all in. Like as someone who used to be able to walk in those gates pretty much seven days a week, it it was so weird, like not weird, but in like the bad sense, but weird in the good sense of being able to experience the magic again. Like the train was just parked at Main Street Station, um, and I was walking underneath that over uh, underneath the tunnel there, and got my first glimpse of Main Street. And like the music was playing, and the smells were hitting me, and it it and it was so nice, just like being able to see like everyone with smile on their faces again, like in that sense of like, everyone's coming home type of feeling. And after that, it was kind of like, I didn't want to do any rides when I first got there. I kind of just wanted to just take it all in. And just like, I took like a nice stroll with my friends, just going down main street and like just enjoying seeing the castle again for, well, the first time in over a year. And so it was like a matter of just like, waving to everyone like you had all your cast members from all the stores and uh, uh the drivers from the main street vehicles all lined up along main street waving everyone in which was very special like knowing that this like i went on the second day of cast previews but they knew that like this was a big deal which like it it, it was it was almost like saying hey we're back in business and like we we want to show how much we missed you kind of thing and i i and it, it was like and it you could tell that emotions were very like running through the park like you you ran into like people literally in tears which i'm not a very emotional person when it comes to that kind of stuff but like i it was a big deal and especially for some of these people, you could see like how much this place means to them. Right. Yeah, I feel like I saw, you know, videos on YouTube and pictures of people, you know, having the same responses, having an emotional response. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate, I hate the people who like, you know, say that people shouldn't have that response because, you know, I think it's, it's, it's perfectly fine to have escapism in your life and things that, you know, you go mm-hmm. to, to, you know, relieve the stress of your you know job or just like living through a pandemic like and i could imagine and i mean disneyland literally has been closed and like i'm like disney world opened in july of last year so like you know this is the first time disney you know anyone got experienced disneyland in a whole year and it is a it is a whole feel like i mean even like there was when i lived there like I could go almost every day of the week and I still, I mean, I still would get that feeling, you know, going under the tunnel into main street, like every single time and just like, just the pleasure of being there. But I, I think, I think it's so interesting. The main street vehicles are open. I think, and I, um, so I've been to Disney world several times 
uh, since they reopened last July, and they do not have their Main Street vehicles open. <laughs> and I'm and I'll, this will be a theme of this podcast, like cheapo Walt Disney World, because <laughs> Disney World does not have those Main Street vehicles open. <laughs> Main Street vehicles probably like one time. Like I don't even know if I've done it twice, but you know, I think I think it is. So, I think they're important because. I mean, just what a what a way to like set the, you know, tone of the park than having like slow moving. I think they only go like five miles per hour or something insane vehicles. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they there's something you would only see at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and it's funny, even though Florida currently has like the laxer like restrictions right now, like. It, it, it's funny you make that comparison with Main Street vehicles being open uh, in California. And it, it's funny how they're being like written there. It's like where it used to be like, let's just shove as many guests onto this car as possible. That's well, safely as possible. Now it's one family per car. And even at that, it's a, a, like a limited number of family members per car just to keep distance between the driver and the family and on the omnibus which is the double decker bus uh like they they only had like one to two families on the bottom and one to two families on the top and like completely opposite ends of the bus so it was interesting how that was being utilized but you could tell that like it, it was still very like iffy on how that whole thing works i guess and even for something like the train, like how that is being handled is very interesting with tape marks on the actual benches, um, trains stopping at certain stops uh, for like sanitation and that kind of thing it is very interesting. Like, I'm not sure if they're doing that in Florida right now where uh, our only st- makes certain like only every other train goes all the way around before it has to be sanitized. And then there's some trains that only go up to like from main street to Toontown to be sanitized in Tomorrowland. Like it's interesting how they're doing that. Yeah, that's, that is very interesting. I mean, I, I haven't been to Walt Disney world since, um, actually I went, I guess I went in February. I forgot. <laughs> I can't believe I'm so bad about <laughs> not remembering, but I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they clean vehicles anymore there. I mean, I, I, you know, when I went last year, it was definitely a thing. Like I would get in line and it'd be like, Oh, this is taking forever. What's going on? Oh, they're cleaning the vehicles that, you know, there's stuff entire, you know, cycle and clean. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure clean their vehicles anymore, which are very interesting. I mean, I don't know if this is a state guideline, because you know the CDC now has said that it, that service you're probably not getting COVID through services. Most likely now it's the most it's mostly airborne. Mm-hmm. So it is it is interesting to me that Disneyland would you know would open up with doing these strict uh, you know cleaning procedures with what we know now. But um, but that that's probably just one of the differences that they have going on now do, do cast members are they are the, they wearing face shields in disneyland 
Yes. To my understanding, how it works is that cast members wear the face mask and uh, if, and in certain situations, if they're within a if they work within a certain proximity of a guest, they have to wear a shape field on top of the mask. Okay, that's that's my understanding of what it was at Walt Disney World as well. Uh, I get it's kind of I'm sure it's a pain to wear, but it's also a good way to keep cast members safe. Um, first one, first one I rode was actually Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion with the new you know yes changes did okay Mm -hmm. honestly did you notice the changes or are they because they seemed pretty like discreet to me it it like if you're a person like me who has ridden that ride a million times yeah the the changes were, were definitely very clear but for somebody who maybe goes to the park once a year once every other year you're not going to notice it really like there's the little details in the pet cemetery or even just uh the lobby before going into the stretching room like one major difference that i notice throughout the whole ride is everything is brighter and i don't mean that in the sense of like everything's happier but i mean literally the lights are a little bit brighter so you can actually see what you're looking at oh which like some people would think is like i guess a turn off or a quote unquote dark ride but in actuality it's like you can actually see all the little minute details that you couldn't before in the house because it was just so dark and like i say it's brighter but it's not like bright enough to where it's like you're running through like snow white but uh it's bright in the sense it's like enough to see the details and even the ghosts are a little bit brighter so it's not like just gray blobs everywhere. It's like the ghosts are actually lit up to where you see every, like for the first time I saw certain ghosts that definitely were always there, but like I could see everything that they had or were doing, especially like in the graveyard scene, which was very interesting. Well, that that does sound like a positive change because it is mm-hmm. it is a shame when like Imagineers put such detail into things and then you can't even appreciate it. Like, mm-hmm. So that's that's great. I mean, I, I always think like with rides where you move really fast, it's like, and then you pass something that's like very detailed. It's like, well, it's sad that they put all the detail into something you could only see for like a second. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and that's how I felt too, where it's like I can actually see everything. So did you get? Did you go through like the back entrance to the haunted mansion, or did you go like the tra- traditional way through the elevator? I went through the traditional way, but I, I have seen all those people posting about like the, the back entrance, which is in all reality, if you know a lot about the parks, it's, it's just an emergency exit kind of transformed into a makeshift line. <laughs> but I know I saw photos and they like they tried to decorate it, which I, I do appreciate like that. Is mm-hmm. so, that is so Disneyland. I don't think Disney World would do that, but <laughs> that's definitely Disneyland to like put some decorations in there, trying to make it seem real. It, in reality, I, I, you know what I wonder is, did they have to cover up any like cast member things that were hung up back there? Like did cast members have like a poster or something back there that they ended up taking down or something? <laughs> To, to, to my knowledge, 
And that's just because I have friends that work that attraction is that most of that stuff is all on the other side. Like I said, this was an emergency exit and it was just an, like an, an evacuation route. And now it's kind of been turned into what seems to be like your new uh, disabled guest entrance. Uh, so instead of taking the stretching room, which within itself was an interesting experience now with markers on the floor of saying, this party stands here, this one stands here, this one stands here. Because now it's like, instead of like, what is it? The sardines in a can kind of thing. Now it's very spaced out and everyone's in a corner. So it's like, you, you can't exactly do that with the wheelchair guest. So now I, I think that's more so what it was, is that that's like really your accessible way. It's amazing that we went from cast members saying to go to the dead center of the room and there's no room for dead space to be <laughs> to be spread out in the stretching room, which it is good that, that people in Disneyland can still do the stretching room because mm-hmm. Disney World, the stretching room has been closed since they opened. You just walk straight through the room. Uh, you know, there's no show. And, you know, I mean, I really, it really kind of makes you think like, you know, should Disney World let, you know, like if Disneyland's going to let, you know, five, I don't know how many parties they're letting in the elevator, in the elevator and watch the pre-show. It's like Disney World should do the same thing. They should let their guests watch the pre-show as well. Right. And I think honestly, the only reason ours is operating is just simply because you kind of have to. Right. Because ours is literally an elevator, unlike Disney World's, which is just the visual effect of them going down. But in actuality, you don't physically go down. Right. Yeah. I shouldn't assume that our listeners would know that, you know, we, you know, we're such experts. We don't even think (laughs) twice about those facts. Right. (laughs) Right. So I, I feel like that's honestly the only reason why, like, it operates like that and why they actually built, like, that other entrances, the backup just in case <laughs> things like guidelines change or whatnot, like they have a backup entrance already in the works. But but yeah, no, like it, it genuinely like I, you can see like now the heart of that ride, which was just beautifully done. And so the second ride, did you that was redone? Did you ride Snow White? Yes, and out of all the Fantasyland dark rides, that is definitely at the top of my list now. Okay, so what would, yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. So, like, what would, what do you think your, like, top four were, or, you know, before this change, and then, like, what is your top four now that Snow White's been changed to the Enchanted Wish? So, I feel like my order for, like, all the Fantasyland dark rides would go, like, Alice first, then Peter Pan, Pinocchio, Toad, and then Snow White. But now definitely Snow White is at the top. Like with the up-to-date audio and lighting effects and even the use of now screens within the ride and audio animatronics now up-to-date in there, it it easily blows Peter Pan out of the out of the water. Like with I, I don't want to spoil it yet since it's still very new and a lot of people want to experience it for the first time. Um, like just instead of that, like scary kind of rushed feeling at the end, now it's like it actually progresses through the story quite nicely, which is 
a complete 180 from Snow White's Scary Adventures, where like now it actually feels more so like a princess story, like how it's intended in the movies. Whereas before it was like the, okay, uh, the witch is dead, goodbye. <laughs> like, like this one, it actually like transitions through the whole story very nicely, which like, it feels like you are stepping into the movie, which it was, and it was beautifully done. Right. I cannot wait to experience that. Like I, you know, I've, I've rode the ride many a times pre the change and it was always very strange to, you know, them to imply the witch fell to her death and then you would immediately go through the last show door and then boom, there you are at the unload area. So <laughs> it'll be, it'll be really cool for when I get out there, hopefully maybe by the end of the year and I can see snow white's enchanted wish mm -hmm. yeah were, but... there any, were there any other ride updates that that were like debuted um as far as i could tell it didn't really look like it um matterhorn is still closed or did not open up uh same thing with jungle cruise and same thing with buzz lightyear those ones uh didn't open up not because of covid like Nemo submarine didn't open because of COVID, which for obvious reasons, you're in an enclosed space for too long. And like, you're literally recirculating the air, which could be problematic. <laughs> yeah, you literally <laughs> put your head inside of a window that has a little thing that's blowing recirculated air into your mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So that one's obvious why it didn't open up but Matterhorn, Jungle Cruise and uh, Buzz Lightyear were on the list for reverb anyways so to my understanding Jungle Cruise will open back up later in July because they are doing that update that was released not too long ago. Buzz Lightyear I believe was just it was that time of year where they were going to update it or not update it but do its yearly reverb and same thing with Matterhorn where they're just I believe trying to better refurb or update the track and wall situation from uh, before closing. But as far as like any other updates go, most of the stuff was just pretty like kept up to date as best as it can. And I know there was a lot of guests complaining about like, well, why isn't every little detail fixed? Like they were closed for a year, which, and I, I which is understanding where it's like, yes, things were closed for a year, but what people don't understand is that all these cast members, including our maintenance and engineers and Imagineers and all that kind of stuff, they were all also on furlough and weren't getting called back until everyone else was, until it probably around uh, end of March, early April of recalls. So it's like they maybe only had a month or two to try to fix everything in. And as, as much as it hurts me to say, like, that that's the unfortunate reality of the situation where, like, as much as we'd like to think this this magical place, no one could have gotten sick there. It's, well, the, the virus was very much real this past year, and California being one of the heavy, heaviest affected states, like, you couldn't send people back to work that, like, during that time, even, even if we wanted to fix every little thing. Right, right. And then just from, like, a business state of point of view it's, mm -hmm. you don't have any if you don't have any income or any revenue you can't spend money on you know maintenance updates mm -hmm. even though you know in a per 
you know, if this wasn't, you know, if this wasn't a company that's goal is to make money, they probably would have went in and yeah. fixed everything, and it would have been perfect time to fix uh, Tomorrowland. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we're exactly. Gonna, we're gonna bring back the people mover while, but yeah, you know, on this podcast, we're gonna be realistic and not pretend like Disney is some kind of goodwill, you know, <laughs> company that's out to make everyone happy or something you know at the end of the day they're just trying to make money Mm -hmm. but yeah i um it would have been great which i it it does suck that they're doing like then on the other hand you're like well why are they doing this maintenance when they literally just open like could they not have waited but then again like i guess less guests are going now than will later in the year as they increase capacity so now is kind of a good time to close rides because there's not that many people going yeah to me one of the trippiest things was like walking down main street at like 4 p.m which is typically quote-unquote ap hour which is when a lot of people are getting off work typically annual pass holders and they're just coming into the park after work after and like just spending the last couple hours of the park opening like uh just to end their day and it was weird seeing maybe like two to three people in front of the castle that were guests and not cast members, like just taking pictures. And it was in the middle of the afternoon, which is weird as somebody who's grown up in Southern California my whole life and gone to Disney since I was born, just seeing that like almost emptiness. It was nice as a guest, but seeing it where I've seen it almost on, well, I've seen it at park capacity to literally no one it, it is, is completely mind blowing that experience yeah i i it, it's 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 just it's insane like you know remembering those days where they'd have like the the bypasses open behind the emporium and oh my i mean i it's it still feels like we're such a long way away from them you know putting up the ropes and poles and just to like manage traffic right. on main street like oh my gosh it's gonna be so weird when we get back to that point and then which i mean it's like we have i mean you know me being a disney world haven't even seen that because disney world doesn't have um they still don't have fireworks or parades so they don't you know they don't ever have to put up ropes and poles and do um they i mean i guess they don't ever have to do guests con- what do they call it guest control crowd yeah guest control guest control so all and all these poor people don't well actually i mean these cast members probably are They'd rather be working at their attractions than doing guest control anyway. But <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I, I feel like that's now been the new thing that uh, is being implemented. That I noticed is because a lot of these queues for attractions are all mostly indoors or a mix of indoor outdoor. Like for example, uh, some things that were very clear uh, are like that very noticeable of like where lines were, were Indiana Jones, um, Pirates, and even uh, Snow White. Like those ones were probably the biggest contributors of like noticeable social distance rules coming into play on like how their queue dynamic works. Um, just because you they are following like the six feet apart rule and whatnot. And so these queues have changed drastically from what they previous were 
And now instead of like what looks like a three hour long line, but in reality is a 30 minute line, it's just so stretched out all over. So for example, Indiana Jones line um, went through all of its normal out exterior queue all through Jungle's exterior crew and still wrapped all the way over to Pirate's Bridge. Wow. And so wait, did, are people, are they letting people have queues inside or queue, are queues only supposed to be outside? They are allowed inside, but you, it, it's, I believe something that the rule for California is you're, you're only allowed to spend a certain amount of time with a certain amount of people indoors. And so how they do it is basically all of your wait time uh, is outside and once you're in you're basically walking right on to the ride directly oh okay so that is that is wasting a lot of queue in indiana jones exactly and so like what like i said it looks like it's a three hour long line because you have the line all the way at the end of pirates with the the cast member with holding the sign and everything um but in reality it's a really fast line for that attraction of like 20 30 minutes relatively speaking for that ride you know, those signs, the cast member holding the sign, it honestly stresses me out because, I mean, it is so frustrating that you could walk to the entrance for a ride and that's not where the line starts. You got to go exactly. like, a mile away. Like, no, you can't get in here. Because cause I think Disneyland, pre-COVID, I'm pretty sure even when the lines were extended insanely, you would still always enter in the same place, essentially. And then it would, like, the extended queue would go elsewhere. Like, Pirates, when they did the extended queue, you would still go in the regular line. You would literally, like, walk in, do a circle, like, walk right back out, and then wait all along the bridge in mm-hmm. New Orleans Square. But then, but like, you still went in the same entrance. And so, I, I don't know. I, I, it would have been nice if, like, if they could have figured out a way to still enter in the main entrance to rides and then, you know, work out the loop, you know, all the extendedness of the queue out later but it's the same thing i don't at disney world i don't i don't think there's one ride where you actually go in through the queue the line the queue like the main entrance you're Mm -hmm. always like oh i gotta find the cast member with the sign there there's somewhere in this crowd Mm -hmm. and that's something i noticed that they were really good about is because obviously we have a lot more local park and in this case only California residents could go. It's we all kind of had an idea of where everything should be. So it, so it, it, but the cast members were really helpful in that regard where, of, Hey, our startup line is over here or like it should be approximately at this spot right now. And like they were, they were pretty on top of that or they had um, some extra helping hands, not attraction cast members, but like guest control cast members in certain lands that were really helpful with that. And even managers were trying to help out because it, it was still fresh of like everyone trying to like feel things out of like where everyone was going and what kind and whatnot. Oh, I love that. That is, that is the Disneyland cast. Like that, is, like that just, that's the quality of Disneyland right there. Like people like cast members being, you know, as helpful as they can being as mm-hmm. communicative as they can. Like that's, that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, um, something that I really noticed was, like, the amount of patience that, like, a lot of cast members really had was just because, obviously, everyone has a ton of questions of, like, with what's going on and 
how things have changed. And because not, again, not everything is open to either 100% capacity or open at all. And like, for example, a lot of the sit down restaurants are not open right now in the California parks uh, just because of space. And it's not that they're not allowed to open. It's just that there's nowhere for people to sit in these very small Disneyland sized restaurants. Right. Because unlike Florida or even California Adventures, there's no room in Disneyland for like Carnation Cafe, which is one of the smallest, smallest restaurants in all of the property where they have a, maybe like a 10 by 10 patio for, um, for guests. And that unfortunately did not open with the park just because of the size requirement because the only the only other place to put tables for them would be literally in the middle of main street which you can't right. exactly which you can't exactly have tables in the middle of your walking path <laughs> and that goes for restaurants like river bell terrace or even hungry bear where uh yes all of their seating is outside but it's not spaced out enough to follow guidelines is what my understanding was or their kitchen wasn't spaced out enough or something like that to like manage that type of capacity so it, it's things like that that were taken into consideration of what opened and what didn't what was interesting and i'm i believe it's kind of the same way in disney world is like how you actually order food now is everything is mobile order like right. even like uh, even something like churros or popcorn was all mobile order, which was interesting. Oh wow! Even churros and popcorn—that's not the case at Disney World. The 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 ODV, as as we would say, the outdoor vending—they um they were all just normal. Like you walk up in line, but so you're saying like if you want to get a churro on Main Street, you got a mobile order. Yes. And... Wow, that's terrible. It seems terrible, but honestly, it's it was kind of nice just like saying, okay, I'm in line at this attraction or whatever, and I want, like, so something I personally did is I was on the train from at Main Street, and I was like, I want mint julep, so I was like, I'll, I'll just take the train over to, uh, over to New Orleans Station, so I just made the order while I was in waiting in line for the train. Once it got off, it was already ready, and I just walked up to mint julep. So it was like that kind of idea, but it, same thing goes for like churros and all that kind of stuff, where it's like I was in line for uh, Space Mountain. I wanted a churro, so I just or, mobile ordered it for one of the, the churro cart right outside of Tomorrowland. And as soon as I got off, it was ready. Like I just had to walk up, grab it, and that was it instead of having to wait in what sometimes were those 20 minute long lines for a churro. You know, I think this, you know, with mobile order, you know, I, it might, it might be required by California. I'm not sure, but like, obviously Disney likes this mobile order because they don't have to pay cashiers $15 an hour to take people's orders. And then they don't have to deal with cash. And it's like, you know, and I, it's, it's so I was a bit, I, I used mobile order all the time before COVID. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know, just being 23 years old, like I am a big fan of mobile order. I don't, you know, you don't have to talk to people. It's, it's, it's great. great. <laughs> and, you know, also I would all, I mean, constantly I'm going to order and I'm going to order, I'm going to be like all the way across 
the side of the park, do my mobile order, <laughs> and then like order it halfway there, and then it'll hopefully be ready by the time I get there. Like, and I mean, I feel like it was already getting to a point at Disneyland where mobile ordering didn't really save you too much time because so many people were using it. Like, and I know like Disney. I remember before COVID, like like award winners, for example, if it was super busy, they would turn off the mobile order mm-hmm. because um they would you know the line's too long so they need to focus on the line instead of mobile order um but it's just it is it's just so interesting to me that i mean i I mean this is going to be a change that sticks is mobile order i mean it's probably gonna i mean there might be it might be you know when it might be that they take away the cash registers at certain restaurants and be like you know this is a mobile only a mobile order only restaurant and you know it'll save disney you know staffing money to do this but which it which i mean i kind of hate because it is you know it's obviously every cast member is usually a pleasure to talk to so it's like it sucks to get rid of them but like well i i I think i would argue with you on that one because everyone everything is mobile order now what i noticed that instead of having the cashiers do that like they're the ones actually like putting the orders out or checking you in because there's like a check-in system now for your mobile order places Mm mm-hmm so I think that's kind of where those cashier positions moved. So instead of actually taking your order, they're checking in to make sure that they're, they have your order ready and checking you off your list and stuff. So that, that's what it appeared like happened in most of these restaurants. Like where you, instead of your cashier cast member, they're now your check-in cast member of where you go to for your mobile order. But like there were was a few restaurants that did have like still the standby line, so to speak, that like you could walk in. But, like, you could tell that they were not nearly as efficient as just the mobile order system that they had implied now. Like, so, yeah, because I think only, like, maybe a hand, I think maybe, like, two or three restaurants were actually, like, the walk-in type. Everything else was, like, mobile order, though. Yeah, well, that's, I feel that'll be something to stay. All right, so next, next, you know, we've we've gone through attractions. We've gone Mm -hmm. through dining let's let's talk about like entertainment the characters Mm. um you know what characters did you see walking around like you know were they popular were people with their lines to see these characters from afar like what was going on so yeah that yeah that was honestly interesting and if you have little ones definitely i would say wait to go to the parks until it is safe enough to meet these characters because it it was kind of like I wouldn't say sad but like it it didn't feel right when I saw little kids waving at like Mickey or Minnie like from a very far distance (laughs) like from the characters that I did see uh which would be like your main crew so Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, the chipmunks like which they all stood on top on that top like patio uh, in front of Main Street Station and would just wave at you from the distance like you couldn't really go up and take pictures with them. You had to like take a selfie from down below the stairs. Um, I saw Captain Jack Sparrow like standing at the balcony over the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, who else did I see? Like, and uh, like that—that's how they did a majority of their characters, especially the face characters. Is like they were so far away from you like that like even in a selfie you could barely see you could barely see them unfortunately like um like so the characters they are there it's just 
they are very far away from you. But the characters were still very much, well, in character. Like, um, like I was actually standing in line for pirates while looking at Jack in the balcony and uh, the actor was very much still in character, like yelling all sorts of nonsense and like doing drunken movements that like, and, and all that sort of thing. And even though he is nowhere near anyone, he is still very much in character, which I will, and, and it was like that for every character that I saw, like I saw Ray in Star Wars Land, or sorry, Galaxy's Edge, um, like behind one of those like droid, like uh, little enclosure type things, like or stage like setups. And like, so she was behind that and was still very much in character, which it, it was nice to see. But again, it's not the same experience as being able to just walk up and meet the characters. Right. Not, not, you know, and not having the, the photographer. Well, yeah. Were there, photo- were there photo pass photographers? What was going on with that? Uh, there were some in select locations. Like, um, there was, they the only ones that I really that really stood out to me were the ones in front of the castle. Like they had the typical line, like how they were doing it for the photos in front of the castle is like they had actually ropes off there to like form a line for pictures in front of the castle. Um, I wonder who, I mean, the pre-pandemic Disneyland was probably almost majority APs. Like mm-hmm. who who's gonna pay for these photo pass photos? Like. Most people get photo pass. Well, I guess you have to have max pass, but I feel like tons yeah. of people have max pass to get the free photos. It's like, who's gonna pay for these photos? <laughs> exactly, and I. But honestly, I think that in this particular case, people are willing to pay for them just because they could say that they went to Disney's reopening kind of thing and like right. kind of like current, like. Uh, kind of co- commemorate uh, sorry bad at English sometimes like commemorate that type of thing where it's like I want the professional Disney-esque photo of I went to it during its first month of reopening or I went its first year of reopening after being closed for a year or whatever the case may be which you can't get that same kind of like photoshopped in Tinkerbell or Mickey Mouse I mean you can you can do it yourself but it won't definitely be nearly the same yeah, so, like, one thing I've noticed online is there's been, like, a lot of rare characters, it seems. Like, I saw Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. I saw, um, I can't think of another example. Did you, have you seen any, have you seen some rare characters on? Oh, uh, yes, I've, uh, one of my friends uh, that works over in DCA sent me a picture of, uh, what's, Horace, uh, the, oh, yeah, uh, from, from, from the Mickey Mouse world. Yes. Um, he was out there, which uh, is, was is, I've only seen him once in over 20 years of going to the parks. And so, like, now he's out there somewhat regularly. Like, um, I've seen a few other rarer characters. I think, like, honestly, they're pulling out so many more masked characters, which tend to be a lot more the rarer characters um which i find interesting okay uh, this just... is my theory and i don't i have no idea if this is baseless so like 
I assume they recalled cast members based off of seniority versus like recalling entertainment cast members based off of like height and need. So like what if like the reason why they have rare characters is is because the, like the people who they have available to work are like certain heights so they have to use the characters that are their height. <laughs> yeah, that it honestly sounds somewhat reasonable to think like since again these are jobs based off of seniority so like that could be very plausible. Yeah, and our listeners if you don't if, I hate to break the magic but People are really cast pissed off their height for these costume characters. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like it, logistically, that that might be it. This higher seniority cast members are a certain height, so they have to be those characters are the ones, you know, coming out to play. Mm-hmm. But all the characters are real, of course. They're they're yes, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> trying to think i was like have we hit pretty much every topic we had attractions dining entertainment photos i mean the only thing we didn't hit was merch but i really don't know what there is to say about that yeah other than like just like your typical shopping mall it, it that's like where if the store itself is too full then you're waiting outside with a one person at the entrance and one at the exit of counting people number of people in the store just like de- how it was for downtown Disney or again, any shopping mall. Um, like now, instead of being able to flow in and out of the stores on main street or any of the, those stores that connect um, like throughout any of the rest of the parks, uh, there's usually like a one way in and a one way out instead of all the multiple entrances. But that's fairly standard now, as far as stores go, where there's only one entrance and one exit. Did um did you eat a full meal when you were in the park? And what what restaurant did you eat at? Uh, yes, I ate a full meal, and that would be Jolly Holiday. I got a sandwich there, the typical grilled cheese combo. Did they have the did Did you notice like did they did they have the full menu or did they like do you feel like they cut things off the menu? Uh, it looked like in some restaurants they did slim down some of the menus but in others they uh they added something like specialty items or stuff like that but for the most part everything seemed like pretty normal as far as so like with the restaurants that were open everything seemed up to date as far as i could tell that's good i i would i would hate you know if we go to disneyland and then i don't know i can't even think of any menu item like i I always ate like freaking chicken fingers. So, but <laughs> but I don't know if I were to go to Ward Wieners and they didn't have my like barbecue, whatever it was, <laughs> a Ward Wiener. I'd be which I know Ward Wieners during the Buena Vista Street actually just served corn dogs instead of the actual hot mm-hmm. dogs. But I maybe they went back to normal now that DCA is back open. I could always look on the app to find out, but right, it's kind of depressing looking at the Disneyland app when you're not there. <laughs> right, and that, that's that's another thing is I had the option to park hop, but I chose not to just because. Um, so how that system is working? If one of the parks is full and you have a park hopper, uh, you cannot really park hop. So it's called a park hopper still, but if the other park is full, then you're not park hopping. 
like once you exit the park it, like that re-entry kind of thing kind of disappears so far that hasn't been an issue but it might be in the future as we progress closer and closer to summer break and more kids are getting out of school so that is an issue where like if it hits that 1 p.m mark where you can use your park hopper if the other park is full then you might not be able to go in unfortunately yeah. So, so I know you didn't, you didn't have to pay to go, which is great. But if you, if, if someone were to like ask you like, Ciro, should, should I pay to go to Disneyland right now? Um, even knowing that APs are apparently coming towards the end of the year, like that people need to know that like mm-hmm. APs are supposed to be back by the end of the year. Do you, do you recommend that people pay to go to Disneyland or should they wait? Honestly, I, it, it, it all comes down to personal opinions of what you like to get out of the park. If it's being able to ride every ride, then yes, now is a good time while lines are relatively short still. Like it, it's just like, even though right now is technically a peak season since schools are getting out what, and whatnot, or we're getting closer to that summertime and traffic is picking up through the parks. Um, so if you like rides, like now would be a good time to go. Like I had no issue getting a rise boarding pass, which also, mind you, that system changed a little bit, which now you can stay at home and book your boarding group, which is nice. Uh, instead I of having actually, mm-hmm, which if you guys like, I can go over that process and how that all works, but it's pretty I feel like that would be a good topic for a whole episode. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really want to have maybe like a fast pass virtual line episode where we just talk about like, the pros and cons of both mm-hmm. systems and like really flesh that out. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So we can save that for another time, but yeah, overall, like if you're there for like certain restaurants, then maybe you, you wait a bit. Like if you wanted to say, go to the blue Bayou, then wait a couple more months once that does open up again. Or if like you have, like if your tradition is to meet every single character in a day, wait a little bit, like, until you can have more of the like closer interactions or even meeting all the characters that you want, because not every character you want to meet is out at the moment. Like, so it all depends on what you, you as a guest are looking for. Like if you're a rides person, uh, make sure you, first of all, check which rides are open and make sure the ones that you want to ride are open. Cause again, not everything is open right now, either due to refurb or COVID. So Right. Uh, Always then, check that, Disneyland.com because mm-hmm. they they will tell you when a ride is going to be, you know, down for schedule mm-hmm. maintenance. And so, like, you can definitely plan your trips around that. Definitely. Well, I think this was a great first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we we got to learn from Ciro what it's like to go back to Disneyland and makes me really want to go. And I'm going <laughs> to be like dying, which I got it. I got it. I got a hotel book for October, so that could happen. And it's probably, I mean, I, I would definitely, I'm definitely like, not, I, I definitely think it'll be open to non-Californians by October because the governor of California said all restrictions are going to be gone on like June 15th, I believe. So, yeah. So hopefully I'll see you then. Um, but yeah, hopefully things, well, we'll see within the next month or so how things go as uh, restrictions and counties and tier systems and all that disappears um, within the over the next month or so and hopefully things are almost as 100% normal as possible so we can 
enjoy the, the full magical experiences, one would say. Yes, yes. All right, well, I want to thank everyone for listening to our debut episode of um, From Adventureland to Hollywood Land. <laughs> we just named our show today, so, you know, it's... It's, it's a work in know, progress. You, you know, you got you to gotta learn it. Um, if you if you want to find out more about us, how about you follow our Disney Instagram accounts that aren't our personal accounts, but they're our public accounts. You could follow Ciro at no underscore strings underscore Disney, and you could follow my Disney Instagram account, Disneyland v Disney World, and you know you could follow along with us there. Um, I want to make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you liked it, because then you'll get a listen to all of our amazing future episodes that are coming. And uh, just any, anyway, you know, we, we probably need to come up with a good like gimmick, like a sign off. Like, you know, I listen to a yeah, podcast and they're, and they're like, have a great big, beautiful tomorrow. And, you know, <laughs> we're going to come up. Maybe we'll, we'll come. Oh, you know, ours could be like, okay, what's the sign at the end of Indiana Jones when you walk out of the queue I lo- that I love that, you know, it says like, Oh, you mean the uh the head counter? <laughs> no, no, the one, no, the one that's like, it's like um maybe it's the one that's like um, uh, what does it say? It's like, you know, I think I have a picture of it. Hold on, let me scroll through. I was, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you have a you sent a picture of it at one point. Real rewards await those who choose wisely.